Hello and welcome to episode four of the podcast series, Mum, You've Got This. If this is the first time you're listening to this podcast series, you could go back to the intro episode, which will explain more about what this podcast series is about and why I decided to start it. This is our fourth episode, as I said, and our guest today is Lauren. Lauren is someone I've known for about hmm, probably 15 years yeah, nearly, I think so. now. Yeah. Um, it's quite a funny story. Ours was a uh, was an, an interesting way, I guess, to sort of start a friendship because I could be cynical. I don't think friendships like this come about anymore. Um, Lauren and I used to work in the same office building and we were both receptionists at the time. We've both progressed a lot in our careers since then. Um, but we just started talking to each other because I think it was in a lift or something like that. We kind of just introduced ourselves to each other. The reason I say I'm cynical is because I feel like people are in their phones all the time and that kind of stuff mm. just doesn't happen as much anymore. Um, but we, yeah, we met in the office building. We started talking. We realized we had very similar interests, which mainly revolved around partying, <laughs> um, and going to music festivals and a whole range of things. And from our first kind of out of office catch up, we knew we were going to be good, be good friends. Um, and we've had lots of, yeah, good memories and fun times over the years. We've lived in, lived in different states to each other, but we've always kept really connected. And whenever we catch up face to face, it's like we've never been apart. So it's a friendship that I love and I'm so excited to have you on today. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It takes me back to, um, yeah, a long time ago, we were just so young we? and we had no idea what was to come, <laughs> but here we are. Here we are in similar positions, um, yeah. you know, with yeah. family dynamic and everything. So maybe just give a quick overview of you and your family and your kids, what you do for work, what your husband does. Yeah, so um, I'm in recruitment uh, as a career. So funnily enough, when I when we first met and I was a receptionist, that was a receptionist in recruitment. Mm. Um, and now I am the recruiter. I've been with the same business for um, oh, eight years, but sort of 10, 11 years with the same people, but that's a bit of a long story. Um, I've married, been married for almost eight years. I've got two kids, uh, four and a half and three, uh, two and a half, nearly three. Um, yeah. So what does Glenny do for work? Uh, Glenn's a, a builder. He's a chippy. Yeah. Yeah. He has his own so business. Right? He has own business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So tell us about yourself from kind of high school. What sort of, you know, mm. did you go to like, uh, uh, well, we call it college in Tassie 11 and 12. I can't remember what you call it. Yeah, year. so finished year 12. Um, and I, funnily enough, I don't even know if you know this, but I wanted to be a graphic designer. That was oh. always what I was going to do. But um, unfortunately, um, I was quite sick, um, quite seriously sick when I was 18. And that um, forced me to defer my university studies. Um, and then do you want to never talk about went that? back. What that was? Uh, it's a bit of a long story, mm. but, um, yeah, okay. I, um, I have an cockle, so, um, I actually got that, uh, January after I'd finished year 12. So, um, I spent, uh, a week in a coma, um, uh, a month in intensive care, and then it was a good six months at least of, um, physical recovery from that. So I think when I got out of hospital, I was about 38 kilos. Mm, so, wow. um, yeah, I had to learn how to breathe on my own again, um, walk and all those sorts of things. Um, so yeah, once that was done, I was like, right, I'm just going to work. Um, <laughs> and I think, uh, yeah, that sort of set me on a, on a different path. So, um, I got a job oh, at an optometrist actually. Um, and I loved it. Mm. And then, yeah, did some travel, uh, and ended up back in Melbourne and where I landed on the reception role. 
at the recruitment company. And so. you've literally just worked your way up from there. From yeah. So, job. so you didn't go to uni, right? No, I didn't no, go to uni. No, I never did that. So, um, yeah, my path just went on a different way, but yeah, I got the reception job at a recruitment firm and loved the social side. And I can still remember, God, I was so young and oh, I was so shit at the job. Um, <laughs> I was really, had a really good shit at the job. I had a good personality and I liked it, but I was so shit at the admin piece. Terrible. Um, but I remember looking at the recruiters who were mostly male. It was a very male-dominated industry, similar to yourself. Yeah. Um, and they were making tons of money, which mm. I am not now, by the way. Um, but they were making tons of money and the job wasn't that hard. Like it was a lot of it was just – Relationships. Relationships. And yeah. I thought, God, I can do that. Yeah. I can do that easy. Um, so then uh, we moved to the Gold Coast and um, my confident young self just started applying for recruitment jobs yeah. um, and, and went from there. So good on yeah. you. That's awesome. And when yeah. did you meet Glenn along the way? When I was working at the first recruitment company, yeah. working side by side with you. you yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so a long time ago. So, so you guys um, moved up to the Goldie together. We did. So we did some travel. We um, had a caravan. We were like, right, we're just going to go around Australia. But then we didn't have any money. So <laughs> we stopped on the Gold Coast and Glenn picked up some work. And um, we went – a mate was living there at the time, actually. That's right. Um, and we thought, yeah, this is awesome. Let's just stay. So we got a rental property, um, which, funnily enough, led to some of my closest friendships. So we lived in a street um, in Mermaid Beach on the Gold Coast and – our next door neighbour was a, a guy who's now in his fifties, a guy from from Amsterdam, mm. single man who is the most amazing man ever, and we're still really close friends. Awesome. And on the other side was a house full of Kiwis, and they were I, I reckon there was probably about fifteen of them living in his house. Yeah, and we're still really close friends with them to this day. Um, met some other people, they ended up getting married, and they all moved to Melbourne. So we still have some really awesome. um, close friendships from that time, which is really nice. That's good. Yeah. And when yeah. did you move back down, and why did you move back down to Melbourne? We moved back. In 2008, um, probably a few reasons. I think partly work. It's yeah. the Gold Coast as much as it's lots of fun. It's not a place to build a career um, and family. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we've really missed our family. Yeah. So um, it's nice to be home in Melbourne where you've got yeah. You know, I know you don't have that luxury, but mm. um, having our mum and dads around the corner, and um, especially now having kids, mm. we're so fortunate to have that. So. Yeah. And you're yeah. literally around the corner from each other, right? And your brother. Literally, and, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, around the corner. So it's That's nice. good. Yeah. Um, and when, when did you get married? What year? God, you're testing me. <laughs> uh, so it must have been 2012, no, yeah. 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, we got married, I think it was about that. Oh, no, eight years next year. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> you'll get in trouble for yeah. <laughs> So obviously, um, I knew you pretty well, especially back then yeah. and I knew I know you were a very carefree mm. kind of give anything a go kind of attitude do you feel like with the miniature cockle and that kind of thing did that change how you sort of lived your life afterwards were you similar to that before that happened or um it definitely gave me an appreciation for family mm. um yeah definitely gave me an appreciation for family because when you are that sick and when you are you know, literally the term on your deathbed, literally mm-hmm. on your deathbed, you don't, you're not worried about anything other than your friends and family. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I, I'd like to say I held that throughout my 20s, but I probably didn't because like, you know, most of us in our 20s, it's just about fun and partying and those sorts of values do 
go aside a little bit, but um, it's definitely something that stuck with me and probably kept me grounded a bit. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's your family that's most important at the end of the day. It's not money. It's not stuff. It's yeah. it's who is there yeah. and the memories and the connection. Yeah, good reminder. Yeah. So you got married 2012-ish. <laughs> we won't hold you to that, <laughs> but roughly about then. Yeah. Um, so what was the decision like and the process like for you in deciding to start a family and then yeah. falling pregnant? Um, so we tried for a while, um, but I think – we sort of, I remember sitting down on a park bench walking back from my mum and dad's house at the time. We were like, yep, yeah, let's do this. Um, and then we had Marlo um, and it was just the easiest pregnancy. I think that's probably actually when I reflect back then, if I wanted to do something, I just do it. Mm. Like I know that sounds almost like arrogant, um, but <laughs> I if, I, if I wanted something, yeah. did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Whatever I wanted, I just got, but not because I was spoiled or I just made it happen. Yeah. And I was, I didn't have any self doubt. Mm. So throughout my whole pregnancy with Marlo, I just did everything. I nailed it. Yeah. 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 I nailed it. Um, I I did the same. I remember I was pregnant. I literally, New Year's Eve, I gave birth to Ivy 13 days later and I was out till three o'clock in the morning driving Mm. on my feet, wearing heels, New Year's Eve party. Yeah. And I was that fine. was it. Second pretty was like, I am not going anywhere. Oh, no. Like, you come to me or Absolutely. I'm just going to bed. <laughs> I still trained up until like, and I'm talking boot camp, personal training up until 38 weeks. She wow. was born the day before my, wow. her due date. Um, I remember going to my obstetrician appointments and she would always laugh at me because I would not take the lift. Yeah. I would charge up those stairs in my heels <laughs> with my lipstick on. <laughs> Fully doled up, and she, my obstetrician, who's the best, um, she would always just laugh and say, "You're you are mental." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah I am." But yeah. whatever, I've got this. So <laughs> that's how it is. Yeah. Um, even oh, now, I think about it now. Even um, like when I had Marlo, so I remember it was actually it was on the twenty seventh because it was my sister in law's birthday, and I remember oh, this is a bit gross. I'm going to say something a bit gross. Okay. okay. Um, I remember walking through the supermarket and I felt something. I was like, oh, might have just done a bit of a wee. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think much about it. I definitely didn't think my wards had broken. Nothing, really. I was like, oh, well, it was a Sunday. I said, I'll just tell Kim when I see her on Tuesday. So I went for my weekly appointment on a Tuesday with Kim. Um, and she's like, how are you feeling? I said, oh, well, actually, on Sunday, I think it was a bit of a wee, but I'm not sure. And she was like, your waters have broken. Uh, you're going downstairs to have the baby now. Wow. I'm like, no, 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 no. Sorry, I haven't packed my bag. Um, this isn't happening. And but what gestation were you? Uh, it was two days before my due date. 40th, wow. Yeah. So she's like, no, this is dangerous. You've, you're going in to have the baby now. I'm like, no, no. Like, I'm not I'm not packed. I haven't got my stuff with me. Oh, and somehow I convinced her. This isn't the plan. <laughs> somehow I convinced her to let me go home and get my stuff. And, like, I was crapping my pants wow. because I hadn't planned this. Yeah. Bit. So, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. um... You had a pretty full-on labour, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, just visualise that scene from The Exorcist where it's <laughs> Don't the Don't scare people of having babies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, don't be scared off. But, um, yeah, just do visualise the Exorcist scene and there was vomit, like, I vomited the whole time. I remember because you had the gas, right, and it made you really nauseous, or was it the more? It was, no, so I had the gas and then um, I had an epidural, and then I was okay, but it was the vomiting started when I started pushing. 
Mm. And like I vomited on my husband, I vomited in his a bit went in his mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was really bad. It was yeah, it was horrendous. Um, but it was you know you you you, you, just, you do sort of forget about it, and then yeah. once it's over and you've got this you know big fat baby, <laughs> no one could believe I had this huge baby. But I for did. Pe- for people listening, Lauren, <laughs> how tall actually are you? Um. Oh, 155 centimetres, whatever that is in feet. So I'm little. <laughs> Are you like, ju- you're probably just five feet, right? Probably. Like she's yeah, tiny. tiny. I'm, I'm short and she's way shorter than me. Yeah. So, and, and Marlo is a beautiful big baby. Yeah, she <laughs> was a big baby. So she came out at eight pound mm. um, and I only put on like five and a half kilos my oh whole my pregnancy. God. Yeah, yeah. So you're so active too. Yeah. So this huge big baby came out we were like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, is that my baby? But yeah, she, she was mine. And how did you find, because um, obviously it's pretty life-changing, how did mm. you find the newborn stages and bringing a home and the adjustment? Yeah, I loved it. I nailed yeah. it. Did you? Yeah, yeah I did. Um, yeah, looking back now, I remember one of my, oh, we were probably pretty late to have babies compared to a lot of other our friends, considering that we'd been married for a while and we'd been together for such a long time. Mm. Um, and I remember actually speaking to my mum about this and I was really emotional and um, it just sort of came out and I was like, I was really scared that I wasn't going to be a good mum because I'm not a maternal person. So I was like, what if I don't love it? And that was always a real fear for me um, because I'd never been someone who wanted to have babies. I had zero interest in babies. I'd not even changed a nappy till I had my own. Yeah. Um, But then once she was born, I won't say instantly because I remember like the night, so she was born at midnight. We went back to the room and it's like, you know, it's like, it's like you've been up all night. I'm yeah. like, well, technically you have, it's, it's hectic. Yeah. It was the following night, um, that she was crying and I was like, oh my God, what do I do? Uh, and the midwife said, it's, it's okay. You can just pick her up. You're not going to spoil her. And then it clicked and I was like, okay, I've, I've totally got this. Yeah. Um, and, and I can then, do what I want. It's my yeah, baby. It's my baby yeah. And I'm not going to spoil her. And, mm. um, you know, there's routine and stuff and that's all good, but there's no rules. You just go with it. Mm. And, um, yeah, it was and much I think easier it's than I thought. It's surprising how much people talk about that natural instinct. Mm. And I think, you know, not all the time, but a lot of the time it does just kick in. Yeah. Kick in. You just kind of know it's like this innate, yeah, just instinct within you that you just go, yeah, this yeah, is what I'm going to do, do and yeah. I'm just going to try it. And yeah. It and you're not going to, even if you're not a really maternal person, you know, and your career focus and you're independent, you're not going to be a shit mum. Mm. You, you're just not. Yeah. Um, you have that baby and you just, it's like another project, but something that you enjoy and you really love it. It just yeah. happens. So. It brings out all the emotions as well. Yeah. 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 So. so that um, whole whole time you had Milo, did you feel like you were on top of it and mm. yeah, it was pretty good? Yeah, I did actually. Mm. I, I recovered pretty well from the birth. Um, she was a a really good baby. Um, I had really great support. I was really enjoying it. So yeah, yeah I, I think I got back to normal pretty good, pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I hope you don't mind me mentioning it, but mm. I know that Marlo has a little hemangioma. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah she does. So um, we noticed that on the day that we were leaving the hospital, she had a little mark on her arm, um, and we were like, "Oh, what's that?" And we thought that we'd done something it looked like a little bruise and yeah. um i remember she had this really cute little seed seed um jumpsuit that 
you know you buy these things before you have babies you're like oh this is so cute and you have a baby and they're so impractical but oh, yeah. I was jamming her in this thing and it was really cute and I thought that I might have hurt her by putting in this oh. really silly jumpsuit and the midwife was like no it's a um it's a hemigioma yeah. so that um grew and it was quite significant on her arm um but then we went to some specialists and um it just eventually, hers went away on its own. She's yeah. still got it a little bit. And when she's older, if she wants to have it lasered, she can. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, it's it's faded so much now that we never ended up doing anything about it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. so for those who don't know what it is, it, it is such a common thing. Um, I don't know what the percentages are, mm. but I just can't believe the number of babies that I see now that have them. Um, and I know a lot about them. My daughter has a huge hemangiova after over, like, um, or over her chest, her back, and her whole her whole arm. Um, and Lauren and I randomly ran into each yeah, other in did. the hospital. We were both there to see um, Philip Beckor, who's like the a national specialist on hemangiomas. Um, so it's another element. There's so mm, many layers to these, these topics. But if you have one or you have a baby that ends up having one, they can be really scary looking and you kind of, you know, you can worry a lot. But um Usually they're, you know, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not giving any medical advice here, but just as a mum to not worry that there's definitely a lot of things that you can do to, um, to reduce how they appear if you choose to do that. Yeah. The treatment options, I mean, we didn't end up needing anything, but, um, yeah. you know, I've known of babies who have had quite significant ones on their faces and that mm. sort of thing as well. And the treatment op- options, um, you know, again, I'm not a doctor, but are really non-invasive mm. and you get a really good outcome. So it can be frightening to look at initially. Mm. Um, and I remember when Marla was really little, you know, other kids would go, oh, what's in her arm? And mm. I said, oh, I don't want that for her as she grows older. Yeah. Um, but it just went away, well, yeah. you know, most of it anyway. So, yeah. 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 We, yeah, it'll be interesting to see for us what happens with Ivy's because mm. hers is so big. Um, I was not distraught, but just a bit over overly emotional at the time because I was kind of worrying that she would have this really dark mark on her arm for her whole mm. life. And yeah. She would just get comments from other people. Um, hers has faded a lot. She had medication and she has other treatment options if she wants to do that or, or we have a conversation about that as a family later on down the track. We're not doing anything now, but um, I just think what a time to be born because I just think the way yeah. that the world is now, it's just so much more encouragement about inclusivity and just accepting difference yeah. and all that kind of thing. So we will just raise her um to kind of be proud of what it is and that it's part of her so um, back to you so when you had Marlo Mm -hmm. when um how old was she when you returned to work and how was that transition she was five months Mm. um and I started off just going back to work one day a week Mm -hmm. um why why did you I just really missed it yeah I really really missed work yeah Um, And I was lucky that I could go back one day a week and just be part of the team and Mm -hmm. contribute a little bit before I ease back into doing some more days. Um, It was just always going to be short-term doing it one day. Um, Yeah, I really missed work and um, I was really, really lucky that I've got an amazing boss. Mm -hmm. I work for an amazing company. Um, The two of the three directors are Mm -hmm. part-time mums. So it's it's very much a female workforce. Mm -hmm. So... um, being flexible to suit your family, yeah, that's just a number one priority. So, mm. yeah, it was like It's getting more and more common that you're hearing these, that yeah. employers are being much more flexible. Well, you've got to be. Mm. I mean, such a huge part of the workforce is female. Mm. Um, and just because we go and have families, and certainly I know this, you know, from my career as a recruiter is you can't – it's so hard to get good talent in mm. any job, in any industry that two 
not look at the best talent just because they can only work part-time or they need to finish at this time to pick up their kids. You're crazy. Mm. You miss out on some amazing talent in yep. the business. And part-time mums, we work just as hard as a full-time bloke, oh. if not yeah. harder. <laughs> you know, I look back at my younger self and, oh, oh, yeah, right. God, honestly, you yep. know, working with part-time mums, you think, what do you do on your day off? Whatever. <laughs> or people would ring up, you know, candidates would ring up saying, oh, I need to, I can only work part-time. And, you know, I'd say, oh, whatever, just yeah. Yeah, just work full-time. How hard can it be? Yeah. <laughs> and now as that part-time mum, I get it. Yeah. And you can just get so much more done. And I think um, when you're surrounded by part-time mums, you create something and yeah. you build and you thrive off one another. Um, and, yeah, I've had some really – my career hasn't suffered at all yeah. in that respect. I've Excellent. certainly been able to get everything done. Um, yeah, you just do part-time. more in the time that you've yeah, got, you do. right? Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, so you had good support from your from your employer yeah. on all of that. Did you do childcare? Um, what yeah. did you do? Yeah, so to begin with, I think my mum might have had her one day a week. I can't remember now. Mm. Um, but it wasn't long that I transitioned back into doing um, three days and mm-hmm. then um, went to four. Um, and we mixed it up between my mum, my mother-in-law and childcare. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. You're lucky you've got that um, oh, absolutely. support. Absolutely. So lucky. <laughs> so lucky. Um, and also an amazing childcare centre. Yeah. They have just been like, it's Marlo's um, last couple of weeks there and then she goes off to big girl kinder, we're calling oh. it. But I'll be so sad to yeah. say goodbye to them because they've been part of our family, yeah. you know, since she was a baby. And some of the teachers have followed her through the nursery right to preschool. Oh, so we're really lucky. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. Yeah. They just, if you can get a childcare centre where you feel like, um, they like what you just said, they are mm. literally, I feel like the same with ours. Yeah. And um, Billy's carer, the main carer there, she, Billy has just got this connection with her. Um, and she, this lady preached, she treats her like a daughter. Like, yeah. That's how it feels. Yeah. I, I walk in there in the morning and I'm like, oh, she's going to a second mum, which, yeah. you know, it's not, I'm, I don't say that from a sense of feeling sad. Like I say it from, it's beautiful. It's nice, like yeah. it's, I feel she's, you know, she's goes three days a week. Um, and there's just this beautiful connection and bond yeah. and it's just, it makes you feel so less, you know, so awful of the morning. Yeah, All of the staff at our chocolate center are amazing, but there is, Oscar's got one of those, especially where it's like, I'm sure that he loves her as much as he loves me. <laughs> yeah. And she is amazing, Emma. And um, yeah. yeah, I just feel like she is part of our family. In fact, I'm sure that when Oscar does eventually move on from there, we'll keep in touch with her because um, you Beautiful. just, you develop such a nice bond yeah. with these people. Yeah. 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 Gorgeous. Um, okay. Next, moving into the, the decision to extend your family and have oh. number two. Well, it was a decision that was, um, forced upon us. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, um, that was a nice surprise. Um, I just felt like I was pregnant. Mm. Um, we sort of knew that we were going to start trying at some point that we would have maybe, you know, a couple of year age gap. Um, but then I did a few pregnancy tests and they were negative. Mm. Everyone was negative. And I was like, Oh, I can't be it. You know, it just didn't feel right. And then yeah. um, I was at the gym one night and I was like, Oh, this, oh I've got to get out of here. You know that? Like, feeling I don't feel right yeah um so I walked straight down to the doctor's clinic and went in and said um I want to do a pregnancy test can you give me a blood test and he said have you done a uh, at-home test I said I have and they're all negative he said well it's very unlikely then that you would be pregnant I said just I'm sure I am can you just do the blood (laughs) test okay no problem that's fine um and then the next day I went back in he rang me and said I'll come in and get your results and um he said well you are pregnant and um I I swore. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, is that, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, it's good. I'm good. It's just, a, yeah, it was unexpected. Yeah. 
And I remember going home and Glenn was picking up Marlo from, um, I think it must have been his mum's house or childcare or whatever it was that day. And it was, you know, cold. It was winter and I just stood there standing in front of the fire like, oh my God, waiting for Glenn to come home so I could tell him. And um, yeah, so we were excited. It was a nice surprise, yeah. but um, yeah. And how was, how was that pregnancy? Uh, that was a different pregnancy. So look, I was lucky to not get sick at all through either pregnancies, but um, it was harder. It was just harder to do things because yeah. you've got a toddler to look after. Um, I had a sore back and I got carpal tunnel. Oh, I got that too. Did, yeah, yes. it was so it bad. It, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was really awful. But look, I didn't. I wasn't sick, so mm. I'm lucky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the birth. Yeah, so um, Oscar was always unexpected from the start. So I went in again for my checkup, and um, Kim, my obstetrician, who is amazing, um, she did the scan. She was all of a sudden goes from she's very um, funny and lighthearted, and you know she swears and she's very me. <laughs> um, and she went from mucking around to being quite serious, and she said, "Oh, um, he's turned." I was like, "Well, what do you mean?" And she said, "Have you felt anything?" not mm. um and she said yeah he actually turned and i can't remember the word for it now but he was um like sideways transverse, transverse that's right and he was cord was facing down okay so if i had have gone into labor it would have been like quite dangerous right. um it would have been very much an emergency cesarean so she said you've got two choices this is two weeks before my due date so i was 38 weeks anyway um, you've got two choices. You can either go in and we'll admit you now and you can wait till you go into labor naturally or we can just put you in for a Caesar. Okay. Um, so I just went, so given that my first birth experience was pretty bad, um, I just thought, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll have a Caesar. This yeah. is going to be great. Um, so I went in that night and um, had my cesarean the next day. Mm. Yeah, and it wasn't good. I, a cesarean is not the easy option. Mm. It's um, all the drugs... Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't vomit surprisingly, even mm. though Kim was like, don't vomit, <laughs> give her all the drugs so she doesn't vomit. Um, but both times I had really severe shakes. Okay. Um, I don't know if you got that. It's just, did you get that from the epidural? Yeah, the epidural. And mm. then from, I think from the spinal block and so many drugs in the Caesar that my shakes were just like really bad. Mm. So they gave me some medication. They ended up having to give it to me because I was mm. so shaky to stop the shakes, but it just totally drugged me out. Okay. So when Oscar was born, they put him on my chest. It took – I ended up having to say, you're going to have to get him off me because I was so floppy and really drugged out that I was scared I was going to drop him. Okay. So it wasn't pleasant. But yeah. once that wore off, it was not so bad. See, I've had two cesareans. Yeah, yeah. And um, completely different experience mm. to me. It was a really easy road. Mm. Um and everyone's different, I guess. So yeah. that kind of proves that. But yeah. Mm. So um, once that kind of all wore off, felt okay. How was it coming home and yeah, with Oscar so, and a toddler running around? Yeah. So cesarean was recovery is obviously a lot harder, mm -hmm. and I wasn't expecting to be having a cesarean. So I still had a toddler who was in a cot, mm. so you can't get her in and out of a cot. So I needed help with that. Um, I just wasn't. Oscar was the baby that threw me mm. everything for someone who not only was prepared, but things just happened easily for me. Mm -hmm. And then with Oscar, it, nothing happened easily mm -hmm. from that moment forward. Okay. So I had recovering from a Caesar. So I was quite sore. I had this 
toddler to manage as well, who also um, decided to drop her day sleep mm. once the baby was born. So there went my rest time. Mm. Um, and I had this baby who vomited all the time. Mm. He was unsettled. Um, and when I say vomited, like he projectile vomited. There must oh, okay. be something between him and I with projectile vomiting. But um, <laughs> he, he, yeah, yeah, he would just vomit all the time. And Marlo never did. And he would vomit all the time. He would scream all the time. Um, I think he was three weeks old and my husband got, oh, what's his name? It was like an infection, cellulitis. Oh. So he got cellulitis in his knee and ended up in hospital. Um, oh, no, that's when he was a bit older. He got, I think he had a kidney stone as well. He had two things oh go wrong gosh. when Oscar was a little baby. Wow. And I couldn't even drive him to the hospital because mm. I still couldn't drive. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, it was all just like, wow. I remember when Glenn was in hospital, I was at home with Oscar just screaming and I couldn't settle him down. And I remember I rang my mum and I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And so luckily she was around the corner and she came over to help me. And I mean, there was nothing we could do but just wait for him to settle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was tough. There was a lot going on it there. It was a lot. Yeah. 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 He just was a um, an unhappy baby and eventually – you know, you just don't know what's normal and what's not. And I guess mm. as a mum, you just push to mm. find out. I knew it wasn't normal. I knew this screaming and this vomiting wasn't normal. Stopped breastfeeding, which I never did much anyway. I didn't do for Marlo. Put him on formula. That sort of made things, I don't know if it made things worse, but it definitely didn't help. Mm. Went on all sorts of formulas, which then you read, they said you shouldn't change formulas, but I would have done anything mm. to help this baby settle. Mm. Um Ended up getting a referral to see David Tran, the, a paediatrician, who was a godsend. So we went – actually, we went to Bali. We booked this Bali trip thinking, this is going to be great. Mm. Take the kids. Um, Oscar was a nightmare. It was a holiday from hell. He mm. vomited the whole time, like, in the bed in the hotel room, and it was hitting the ceiling. It was wow. just, like, horrific. Yeah, um, and then we got back from Bali, and that you know, because it was obviously a waiting list to go in to see a paediatrician. Mm. Privately, um, we got back, we went in to see him and I must have just been a mental wreck because he, he was like, I went in with all my list of notes in my phone, like this happened, this happened and the baby is so unsettled, blah, blah, blah. And David just went, yeah, okay, so I think you should go to the mother baby unit. Um, it's a three month waiting list, but um, you go down there now and oh. um, and tell them that I sent you and they'll expedite it. And I was like, oh, okay, yep, good. Um, and away we went. So we went into the mother baby unit, which was not so much, um, I mean, Maybe I needed a rest. I don't know. But yeah. it was just for Oscar to help us get on top of what we had now diagnosed as a dairy allergy, which okay. is why breast milk wasn't good for him. None of the formulas were good for him. So um, David put him on a prescription formula, which mm. instantly helped. Wow. Um, so, sorry, how old was he then? Oscar? Five months old. Okay. So he's still a really little baby. Yeah. Um, and he also had really bad eczema. Mm. So... It was going into the mother baby unit was to sort of support me through learning about how to manage a dairy intolerance and get the formula right and get him settled and, mm -hmm. and not so sick mm. um, and to help manage his eczema. So we had to do bleach baths, mm. um, which we still do now. Um, yeah. And they're not as scary as they sound. I know. I was I was given advice to do that yeah. too. Yeah, I remember initially you imagined just like something really horrific yeah. but it's just such a small it's, it's not so a diluted deal. It's totally, and it, absolutely yeah, um, the results are meant to be incredible yeah, yeah it's just like literally white king you know yeah. you don't have to do anything fancy but as long as you get the measurements right it's so good for clearing up any infection in okay. their skin yeah so we did that and that was 
a game changer. Yeah, good. That was a huge help. And then yeah. I went back to work a week later. Wow. So um, I don't even know if my boss knows that I <laughs> that I did that. If I had have told her, she probably would have said, oh, don't come back. back to work again. Yeah. Um, but I knew oh, I, I needed to. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so what, what happened with the kids? What days were you and how did uh, I went back three days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, my between my mum, childcare and uh, my mother-in-law mm-hmm. swapping it around. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, so they did like a day at each. Yeah, 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 yeah. And how did so, you find the transition then with two and trying to manage everything? It's definitely a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah, it's just um, so much more organisation, which for a really organised person, it's still a lot. Mm. And plus when you've got this baby who has thrown you, I felt mentally off balance. Mm. Um, I had really bad anxiety, which isn't something I've, really dealt with before Mm -hmm. I think um when I had major cockle I think coming out of that I probably did Mm -hmm. um but yeah as an adult yeah it was really next level because everything is out of your control yeah you can't do anything to rein it back in you've Mm. just got to go with it and that's definitely something that I've learned over the last couple of years to go with it and do yeah try and um Except if things are changing, just go with that. Mm. You don't have to be in control because the more you try and control that situation that you can't, Mm. it's stressful. That will cause you anxiety. So if you just can't get out of the house, don't make plans Mm. for 9 o'clock in the morning if you know that that's a bad time for you. You you can't, you just can't do what you used to do. So just go with it. And it will change. Nothing is forever either. Yeah, God, seriously. We drink from the same cup. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember coming to catch up with you when I was on mat leave with, it must have been with Ivy because you just had Oscar. Yeah. Because they're a couple of months apart. Yeah. And I remember because I always used to think, how is she doing it? Because you used to go to the boot camps and take the mm. kids and like you've always been so into exercise. And I remember being like, how do I make this work around nap times? And, you know, if I've been up through the night, I'm too tired and if I'd, if I'd go have plans to go to a gym session and then I couldn't make it because, you know, just, you know, whatever happens with the, with, with your, your, your child, I used to get really down on it and frustrated and stuff. Yeah. And I yeah. remember going out to see you one morning and you were in your gym gear and I was like, oh my God, she's been to the gym. Like she's taking the kids and now she's back here in her house and, you know, she's kicking all these goals. And I was like, did you go to the gym? And you were like... <laughs> Oh no, I had plans, um, but you know, it didn't, but you know, that's just life. And that I, I've, I've never told you this, that's stuck in my head when oh, you really? said that to be just like, shit happens. Literally. Yeah, yeah. You, you have plans and you have intentions and good on you for doing that. But if they don't come to fruition, that's okay. Yeah. Move on to the next thing. Things happen. Doesn't mean it's always going to be like that. But it took a while to get to that. Like, yeah. I remember being at boot camp and, um, I mean, it was with all other mums, so I should have been comfortable, but they were screaming. I couldn't concentrate. I was nearly in tears and I mm. said, I've got to go. And in the end, I stopped going to boot camp because it was just too stressful okay. to try and get both kids there. And then you've got this screaming baby mm. and I just, that just gave me too, too much anxiety. So yeah. I stopped and I started doing things out of hours and, whatever, but you just got to go with it. Yeah. You can't um, make plans, expect the kids are going to fit into that yeah. if you haven't got those kind of kids. Yeah. Um, and other people might have those kids. And mm. there's other mums at boot camp that would bring their kids every week and their kids would sit there and eat their fucking straw. Ooh. And <laughs> I, I should have I was waiting. I've been waiting for it the whole time. A language and, warning. And, <laughs> and their kids would eat their cut up strawberries and they'd be so nice and playing. 
if you're not that person, you're probably not going to have those kids. Yeah. So you can't compare yeah. yourself to others. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and their kids are probably going to be boring anyway. So <laughs> just don't compare, I guess. Everyone's got their own battles. Yeah. And mm. yeah, and I think oh yeah, that comparing does happen a lot. And I used to do it and just not not say you know anything to anyone else, but just do it internally yeah, to myself and yeah, make yeah. myself feel worse. And it's just like, I've just learned to let that go. Because I, talk I talked in my podcast about how I'm the mum that I don't make much stuff from scratch because mm. I don't have time. A lot of it is stuff that we get from the supermarket or whatever and I used to feel guilty about that and, and make comments on it like you know to myself look what they've got look what you've got and now it's just like what does it matter They're fair it doesn't matter because yeah, yeah exactly yeah. that's just right do what works and and that was a big lesson for me with my second with Oscar because mm. with Marlo I just nailed it if I wanted to make things from scratch I would I would do yeah, all those things I was that right? mum I had it all under control mm. and then Oscar came and it was like yeah no you haven't got this under control. Yeah. yeah, this is a yeah. big challenge for you. And it's been a really good thing in hindsight because it's made me just have to change the way I approach things. And I can't – if things don't go to plan, I was always the kind of person that would freak out. And to a certain extent, I probably still do sometimes. Yeah. Um, but you can't. Yeah. you just got to let it go. Let it go. Yeah. 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 Do you get – with going back to work um, and even – like how many days do you work a week? Three. Now? Three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mum guilt, do you get it? Yeah, yeah, yes and no. Um, again, when Marlo was little, I didn't, mm. I didn't at all. Um, but more so now that she's getting older, which I think is why as of next year, so I've been working in the city this year, I changed and went to a new role in a CBD. I don't even know if I told you this bit, mm. but as of next year, I'm back in Essendon again. Okay. Um, because if Marlo's going to kinder next year, her... Um, the hours there are different. You can't mm. do those huge long days. Mm -hmm. um, plus, there's going to be a day where I'm not going to have care for her because I've been doing four days and dropping back to three. Um, I had that mum guilt of, you know, shit, she's going to be at school the year after. Um, mm. This is my last year and I don't want to be at work. Mm, okay. I, I, want, I want to have a bit of balance. I want to have both. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to do when you've always been career-focused um, but yeah, I did get a bit of mum guilt because I don't want to miss out. And mm. then all of a sudden everyone says, you know, you blink and they're in mm. high school. And the first couple of years, I feel like that's, they, that's pretty slow. Um, but as they get it's older, it, mode, it does happen like... quicker and you blink and you're like, wow, mm. they, she will be in school. Mm. And then that time's gone. Mm. So yeah, I have had mum guilt and I'm sort of addressing it and working with that and being able to change my situation at work with the office that I'm working in a little bit about my role um and the hours I work and again yeah. I'm just so lucky that I work for an amazing company who are like yeah working you tell us you. what you need and yeah. we will find a way yeah that's so good yeah. that's unique yeah so what do you think you've learned from your kids is it how has it changed you for the better for the worst yeah I would say to let go of the let go of being in control all the time. Mm -hmm. in, you know, enjoy the little things. Enjoy the little moments in life. And these are lessons that I did learn earlier in my life. Mm. But then, as I said, you get into your 20s and you're just having fun, right? Mm. But then when you've got kids, you appreciate those things all over again. So yeah. it's it's enjoy the moments, not stuff. Mm. It's not stuff. You know, we've all got friends mm. who... 
they've always got the latest and greatest things for their kids, but they're not necessarily happier, smarter, more engaged kids. Mm -hmm. That's not what it's about. It's being present and being there for them, um, which is something that we all juggle on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And even I sometimes will go, oh, you know, shush, mother's trying to talk to me and I realise I'm scrolling on Instagram. I'm like, yeah, no, just get put the phone down. Yeah. It's not important. Mm -hmm. So just being aware of that mm -hmm. um, and just – yeah, just just letting go of of that noise. Mm, I think mm. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what, have you got any like? Because obviously it's a big balancing act between mm. like you know, do you do mornings by yourself too? Because Glennie's uh, he gone, does the you... Monday and then yeah. I do the others. So yeah. the I do the the Tuesday and Thursday drop yeah. off. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, any kind of like life hacks, like really good pointers or tips for anything to make things easier when it comes to like, you know, having dinners quicker. Yeah, or, yeah. So yeah. something that you mentioned in your podcast is something that I sort of do as well. But look, I have Wednesdays off, but I always have their clothes out two days in advance. Yeah. So I am constantly saying, hey, Siri, what's the weather in yeah. Melbourne? <laughs> Um, so two I'll, days is probably better because yeah, because you can exactly so anything happen. <laughs> so you know, on a Sunday, I'll have their bag packed for Monday. I'll have their clothes out for Tuesday, and then Wednesday I can regroup and do all of that again for Thursday and Friday. Um, you know, obviously, being has I have been working four days, um, so being organised in advance. Um, we tried HelloFresh. Yeah. The food was amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, oh, I totally stuffed up. I. I don't know what I did, but you know the package with the meat comes in? I thought that was the freezer bag that kept it cool. Oh, my God. So I just left it sitting in the garage in the box all oh. weekend. Yeah, yeah. So I had to go and buy all the meat because um, that just, like, got – yeah, was rank. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, I just find – I'm organised with my meals. I think you've mm, got to be. Mm. Um, I'll do – I know the days that I can get home earlier. I know that Glenn is home early, so they can be the days that we – need a bit more preparation mm. in meals mm -hmm. um otherwise i try and cook on a wednesday and on a weekend and then freeze stuff um yeah so you can just come home and whip it out mm. and yeah it's much easier yeah yeah okay yeah what about so i know how much you love your job and i feel like that helps you mm. with um your identity and your sense of purpose and probably even your mental health to an extent yeah, to get yeah, there definitely. and just do that yeah. for you what else are you doing what else do you do just for yourself or to help your your mental health, the extra joy and spark in your life sort of So thing. definitely exercise yeah. is a huge thing. I How think. do you fit that in? Because you seem to be at F45 all Well, I haven't time. been doing F45 for a oh, while. So you? I was, and I was doing F45 at, oh, this is so many, four, 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 at <laughs> 4.45. Um, so my class would start at 4.45 in the morning. Wow. So my alarm would get up, go off at 10 past four, and then I would get up and, you know, brush teeth or whatever, go to the gym, and I'd be home in time for Glenn to get to work. Oh my god! How yeah, many times did you so do that? Oh, I did that for oh, maybe oh, four four times a week. Maybe if you ask the trainers, they'd probably go bullshit. You were there <laughs> twice, um, but sometimes four, sometimes five times a week, I would do that. Yeah. Um, but I burnt out from that. Yeah. I did. I was burnt out from it. I, um, yeah, so I had a break, um, and I've just been doing just some gym stuff in the time that would fit in with the family. So I can a twenty four hour gym. You can come and go yeah. whenever you want, but. Yeah. Um, I am hopefully going back to F45 in the next couple of weeks now that I'm going to be back in Essendon and I can juggle it a bit okay. easier. Going to the city as much as I loved it, it was great for my career. 
it's hard. Yeah. It's a hard juggle where you've got to do a drop off, try and fit in exercise, get on the train. Yeah. It's an hour on the train. It's a it's a lot. Yeah. Um. So to try and add in anything else that's just for you, it's yeah. hard to do. And you've I've got to make it as suffered. easy and as achievable as you possibly can. Yeah, right? you do. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Make yeah, it easy do. to go. Okay, set yourself up to succeed, not fail. Is something that I always say to just think like. You might have these dreams and these plans, but think about it realistically. What's actually going to be work? Mm. You know, what can, can I make work to fit in exercise, yeah. commuting, work, drop-offs, all that kind of thing? Yeah. yeah it's, it, I think exercise is just so important for mental health, and I know how much better I operate when I do fit some exercise in, but you just got to try and make it It is so, so much better. And, um, you know, doing this – I've been doing the sweat app, and that's actually really fun, but um, – I've really realized, and I'm because I'm lucky that now I'm going to have more time to do F45, but it's not the exercise so much that I love. It's mm. not the putting in the headphones and going out and pumping weights. That's not what motivates me. Mm. The reason I've loved F45 so much is it's fun. Mm. You, um, and I'm, not, I'm not working for them. I sound like I'm doing a promo, <laughs> but it's the friendships that you make. It's the fact that you've got someone to say, all right, you better be there at 5 a.m. tomorrow. You yeah. know, um, it's that. It's social and it's that community, and that's yeah. what gets you going. Yeah. Um, and I'm not training to be a bodybuilder. Yeah. That's not my goal. Actually, I saw, um, I probably didn't tell you this, I was, a few months ago um, I saw a, a psychic in Dalesford. Oh. He was amazing. Yeah. He was just incredible. Um, at the end of the conversation he said, oh, sorry, goodness, is there, is there anything that you've set your mind on that you haven't achieved? And I went, nah. <laughs> oh, actually, yeah. I've never had a really ripped body. And he goes, <laughs> Bad news, not going to happen. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, all oh, right, okay. Why? He said, put the protein powder away. Oh, bless him. <laughs> so um, I'm just giving up on that dream um, and just going back to F45 and I might not get there, you know, 10 times, 10 sessions a week and I might not be, um, you know, the next uh, bodybuilder extraordinaire. But yep. if it's fun and it's good and it's healthy and, and it go. helps you in your mental space, then that's the main thing. Just yeah. accept that who you are. My, I don't go to an F45. Um, for me, the cost um, is just something that we mm. can't afford. I've found a gym that does similar sort of things and I absolutely love it. But I have done – my brother-in-law owns a couple of F45s down in Tassie yeah. and I've been to a couple of sessions there and it's brilliant. It's, um, it's yeah, I just love the way that they pump the tunes and I kind of like – they seem to get the music going right when you really need it. Like some of yeah. the extra songs that they put on, like yeah. Pusher and just, yeah. It's, and it's yeah, addictive. It's it is addictive. Yeah, I, I remember can talking see to Donna uh, yes. and she was addictive yeah. as well. Everyone who and goes, it's just, like a cult. You connect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is that, look, you're F45? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. We yeah, you get, got we get each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. other than that, what else do you do for your mental health or for, just for you? Oh, look, to be honest, that's probably it. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I think that's because it's been a, a really challenging year. Yeah. Um, you know, having, you know, Glenn having his own business. You know, I used to go to the football. Mm. I, I love the footy, as you know. Um, mm. I love the Ds. Um, but this year they were so shit <laughs> that I was like, I'm not going every week. Mm. This is horrible. Yeah. Um, but it's just another thing that I ha I've found mentally. I couldn't, you know, organize myself mm. mentally to say, all right, well, I'm going to the footy this week and I've got to get the kids because you can't take a baby to, or you can mm. take a little baby, but... You can't take a toddler to the no, football. It's too yeah. much. It's too long a day. So to try and organize that, I was like, no, I'm, mentally I'm at capacity. I can't do this anymore. Mm. So I only went two or three times all mm -hmm. year. Um, but next year I feel like I'm a bit 
I've got a bit more mental space. I'm yep. a bit freer in my head. Mm. Um, so I'll try and get to a few more games. Yeah. Um, which is because you love that. Yeah. And I think we were talking just before about the age that Oscar's about to turn. Yeah. And like the age that Marlo is. You're coming into that age where you start to things just start to become a bit easier. It becomes so a bit it'll easier. Free up some more time. And asking for you. someone to mind the kids, mm. it's not it's not as hard to ask mm. because it's not that hard for them to have the kids. Um, you know, when Oscar's out of nappies, it'll be easier again, mm. but to have Marlo, she's easy. She's good fun. Um, and Oscar now that he's, you know, nearly three, he's a lot easier as well. Mm. So if you've got them, you're not kind of stuck going, Oh, does he need a bottle or what's his routine? Mm. He just runs around and has fun and it's, yeah. it's much easier, yeah. much more enjoyable. Yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah. Um, you also, I wanted to mention this because I wanted to give just a little quick update on the last sort of couple of podcasts that we've done and just some really cool changes that have happened for certain people and things that have been implemented. So for episode two, I know with Courtney, she, I asked her the question, that question, what does she do for herself? And I don't know if anyone else picked it up listening, but I think it was a little bit of a almost wake up call for her to go, crap. I'm not really doing much for myself right now. So she sent me a beautiful message on Monday night after her podcast had kind of been out for a couple of days and she'd had some beautiful messages and she just sort of said, you'll be really pleased to know I've booked in some self-care for a couple of days this week, some stuff that I'm just doing for myself almost for the first time, um, which is incredible. And then beautiful and from episode three at the end of her podcast, once we'd sort of stopped recording, we chatted for ages afterwards and she just said that was just so therapeutic mm. for her so so good that there's some and there's so many other conversations that just makes my heart like so happy all these beautiful things that are happening and I know for you mm. you've made a few little changes since even listening to the yeah. podcast so um you're talking about the mum project yeah, yeah. so um, after listening to your podcast and then I was like oh that sounds interesting saw that mum project on Facebook and you went I don't even know what this is about but um if you think it's good then I'll give it a go. And yeah. I just clicked on join. And um, when you have to write like why you want to join, and I just wrote, I don't know what this is, but I'm friends with Elle and she says it's good. So like, I, I just want to find more. out what yeah. it is. Um, and that's been really interesting. And we we're talking about this earlier, weren't we? Like, how do you explain what it is? And it's not coaching. It's not self-help. It's like just a space to have a conversation with some um, women that you may or may not know, you know, mm. you're the only one that I know in the group mm. um, and just see where that conversation leads. Mm. I think we're all capable of doing so much. And as a person, you do change as you, maybe it's part of growing up, maybe mm. it's part of maturing as well as having kids. Um, but you don't necessarily know what's next. So mm. it's having that conversation of what's next, what's out there for me and what, how else can I contribute mm. um, to, you know, whether, whatever it's, you know, society or your own mental health or mm. um, there's so much out there yep. to, to explore. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I, it just t starts with taking that first step. And not everyone needs this. There's people that would be listening and, and you might've turned off by now because this isn't, you know, something that you feel like you need in your life. But if you do, I think it's about firstly taking that step to look for something if you feel like you need it and it's just finding your space, your space that you can join and whether that's a group, whether that's one-on-one, -on -one, but someone to just be able to just go blah, literally just let it all out with just the beauty of talking it out with feeling you're in a really safe and secure place 
it's where stuff comes up that you kind of don't even know that's there. And once you start talking, it's almost, you just realize it yourself. You kind of, your body's kind of like yeah. verbalizing it and your mind's going, oh, You're okay. Asking your own question. Yeah, yeah. literally. And I, I'm not here, I'm not promoting the mum project and there's a cutoff to the group, which I think we've already reached mm. anyway. So, um, but if you are interested in something like that, like I can definitely talk to my um, coach, Andrea, and see if there's other people she recommends. There's another lady called Kate, um, I think it's the instinct guide. I know she does some one-on-one coaching and things. And I know that it's not, I don't get anything out of this, by the way. This is not a financial thing. This is just passing on stuff that I know can help. Um, it, you, th- you would think it would be a lot more expensive than what it is. It's a yeah. very, very, very affordable um, thing to actually do for yourself if it's what you need. So I can put some links on your um, on your co- podcast here. Mm. Um, is there anything else that you needed to get off your chest or... Yeah. Anything else? You feel good? Yeah, you let it all out. Let it out. Yeah, we got through it. Yeah. Do you? So I think you've got yeah, this. Only one. You definitely. Word. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed. Um, yeah, you sound under control. Like you've got it. Do feel, I? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I, you've obviously gone through some challenges, mm. but I feel like you're coming out the other end of that. Yeah, and, I think so too. And I feel you're similar to me that you've been through a struggle, but you're you've recognised that you've done a few things to kind of get on top of it and, you know, recognize it for what it was. And then you're kind of just moving on and pushing through and knowing that it's never going to last forever. What situation you're in. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the biggest things I've learned too, is that, um, nothing lasts forever. Mm. So you can go through a really hard time, you know, when babies are little and they're teething or when they go through, you know, um, quote unquote sleep regression, all Mm. that kind of stuff. Mm it might seem like, oh, God, are we ever going to come out of this? And then so the next true. night you've gone through a week of babies up all night and then the next night they're asleep again. Yeah. And that that unsettled at night stops. Yeah. You know, nothing lasts forever. Um, and then you'll be on to the next stage. Yeah. Um, so and it's a not, distant memory. Like, yeah, it's it a can distant be memory. Yeah. Moving forward. I know when I had Billy, you might remember this between Oscar and Marlo, I remember thinking at certain stages, oh, my God, Ivy was never – that was never this hard. Yeah. Like, what am I doing wrong or what's happening? And then – you kind of think, oh no, like this same thing actually happened, happen, but you just totally forget. Yeah. So such a massive thing at the time, but it does pass. You do move on and we very quick, quickly adapt and move mm. on to the next thing. So, mm. well, thank you so much. I know you were a little bit nervous, I was nervous. but yeah. done some, it's some really, really incredible stuff that you kind of mentioned and a good reminders. So thank you so much for oh, coming thank on. Thank you. Thank you for doing this podcast because, um, you know, like you, you know, I listen to podcasts mm. and, um, you know, I mean, hey, Andy is a good one, um, <laughs> but there's nothing I've found that's really, a lot of mum stuff is really fluffy, isn't yeah. it? And it's about, oh, how much we love being a mum. Yeah. And I, that doesn't, I don't connect with that. Yeah. Um, I connect with real yeah. stuff and how do people juggle and yeah. listening to all of your podcasts so far. I mean, Courtney was so interesting to listen to, yeah. um, you know, still having a career and owning her own business yeah. and, um, and Ange, like, you know, no words for that. Yeah. Um, it's, I'm just soaking it up. So yeah. I'm sure lots of people are. So thank you for doing the podcast. Oh, my pleasure. And that's the key thing. I think that like, you know, anyone that you talk to, I want some them to all be able to almost directly relate to any one of these episodes. Yeah. There might be things I'll pick up along the way from anyone, but to be able to go, right, I can, I'm exactly like Lauren and I can totally resonate with what she's saying. And therefore, you know, some of the stuff that you've done, they might go and put in there into place. Or even if it's not even getting any advice or tips, it's just going, I'm not alone. There's someone else that's going through the same stuff who isn't claiming to, 
you know, be mum of the year yeah. and have all the housework done. I can guarantee I don't have, I have a cleaner. Get yeah. a cleaner. <laughs> yeah, same. Money well spent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you yeah, um, thank so you. much. Thanks to the listeners again. Um, yeah, this is, this is such a cool thing. I just love it. So um, we will see you all in the next episode.